You're listening to Pink Boots Conversations, where we speak with women and non-binary individuals working in the fermentation sciences. Our aim is to learn, listen, and lead with one another, inspiring professionals and consumers alike. Hello, uh, world out there, Vorloff, our listeners, Pink Boots Corner fans. We are here at Flix Brew House. Thank you so much for their generous hospitality. The food was amazing. The beer has been great. Thank you, uh, and everyone should come catch a movie, grab a beer. It's been a fantastic experience, as well as the Iowa Brewers Guild. We could not do this podcast without the support of them, the organization, and then, of course, everyone out there who supports Iowa Craft Beer. So uh, very fortunate. And today I get to be chatting with a very special person, uh, Ashley with Peacetree. Ashley, come right on in. Hello, I'm Ashley. Ashley Heineck, assistant uh, brewer at Peacetree. Awesome. Yeah. I um, am really thankful for your time today. Uh, you are a, a unique person in the industry for a few reasons, one of which is um, you didn't come from a, a brewing back, backdrop at all. So talk no. me through, <laughs> right? I, I love it. And so, um, and I think this is the encouraging thing about the industry, and this is what gives us hope, which we all, you know, need from time to time as far as like, what got you, what walked you into this brewing space? Um, honestly, it was moving into town. <laughs> um, I was new into town um, looking for a job. I had and by town you mean? In Knoxville, Knoxville Iowa, Iowa yes. USA. Yes, absolutely. Knoxville, Iowa. Um, I was new into Knoxville and I had tried other jobs. I was looking for another part-time job and I'd bartended before. So I applied for bartending, loved it. Um, did it for nine months, started getting into understanding more of craft beers and actually enjoying them, which before, a year before that, if you would have asked me if I like craft beer, I would have asked you, what was that? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I was actually understanding what that was. Um, and then a position had opened in the back for packaging. And I had So this bartending gig was at Peacetree? At Peacetree, okay. yes. It was at the Tap Room in Knoxville. Yes, absolutely. And you walked in, you were looking for a gig, you loved... The hospitality aspect. Yes, yes. I had worked um, customer service for a long time in my life. Um, I did seven years of retail and worked in restaurants and things like that. So it was something that I was familiar with. Um, and I'd also bartended before that. So I was like, oh, this will be a job I'll love, I'll enjoy. Um, it just got to a point where I just wanted something different. Mm -hmm. I just wanted uh, something more in the background. And so this just happened to open up right around that time I was feeling that way. Um, and so I made sure to kind of talk to my manager at the time and talk to my boss who was the owner and came to find out that they were totally open with me trying to, you know, move up. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it mm -hmm. and got the position in the back to be part of the production team, meaning I was helping packaging bottles of beer, um, and root beer. And <clears throat> we had some transitions happen. And so within that few months, I kind of started doing the brew side. So I was cleaning tanks, I was learning the centrifuge, um, and then eventually learning how to brew. Like it kind of all happened within a couple years time. <laughs> I, that's awesome. <laughs> so let, let me ask you this, how did that transition go from 
front of house to back of house, meaning not everybody wants to make that leap. Mm -hmm. So what was it that appealed to you about being in the brewing side of this space, the industry? Um, For me, it was I had already had production experience before this job. Before moving to Knoxville, I had worked with um, a company that was very big in production and factory work. So I had a lot of that experience. Um, And I knew I was going to be in Knoxville for a long time after that point. My significant other and I got more serious. And so I wanted something more full time. And I knew bartending wasn't going to be that. And so when the opportunity opened up, I just went for it especially knowing I had the experience already with the production part and knowing that it was a training experience also for the other positions. Nice. Uh, You were hired into that role. Um, And you, hiring is a big part of creating opportunity for people, particularly that don't have experience. Absolutely. So how did you overcome the, how did you gain the confidence to apply for a role that you didn't have experience in? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it honestly wasn't easy for me. It might have maybe seemed easy on the outside, but for me, I was definitely a nervous wreck because, like you said, it was just something different. Um, but I also had the confidence in the production part of it. I knew that's how I was starting, mm-hmm. and I knew that's just what I was experienced in. Um, but also my manager at the time was very... Um, helpful and very uh, supportive and me trying to move on and move up with my um, career and just with my job in general. So Mm -hmm. that was very helpful. I couldn't agree more. I think that helpful managers and people who cheerleaders, champions, um, those that are willing to create opportunities for you to stretch, learn more. Um, And it's, this is a hard space to do that in because oftentimes we're so bootstrapped for resources for time Mm -hmm. and so I think it is one of the things that you can do for people that costs you nothing Mm -hmm. that you can create and grow opportunities and people um and keep them in in positions you know and and grow them right to to work for your brewery for a long time Mm so um, just a really important note there. You yeah, know, thanks um, for. I was very grateful too because I knew that I was a very big part of the bartending team. Like I knew I was someone that they looked up to for doing the bartending. So I knew that that was she was losing someone that was helpful in that aspect. So I was very grateful that she gave me the opportunity to grow myself and not be you know maybe selfish in that decision in that conversation when I brought it up to her. So that was very also helpful. That's huge. Yeah. I heard you. Are you talking about Megan, the Megan McKay? Um, no, I'm actually talking about the old tapper manager, Bonnie. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Amazing. Yeah. And that's that's another incredible call out, you know, just thinking about don't be selfish in knowing that you're going to be down one team member in one particular area, but you are gaining in another and mm-hmm. getting cross-functional experience, cross-training experience, I think is is important. Absolutely. It's a more well-rounded employee um, so you go back, you go to the back of house, you go to the, the packaging side, mm-hmm. and then at what point are you, do you leap to the, to brewing? Oh, I will say it took about three or four months. <laughs> um, I knew going back there that there was going to be a transition at some point that was a part of the position was cross training after a certain point. Um, I just did it maybe about six months seven months earlier than I was Mm -hmm. supposed to, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe even more than that. 
So I just kind of gradually And why do you started. say that? What do you, why, why was it six months before you were supposed to? Um, we just had a transitioning that happened. Somebody had left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so somebody else needed to kind of help fill that space mm-hmm. to help keep things moving. Mm-hmm. And so I was willing to do that. I was willing to be that person that picked up the slack if needed be on the on that brewing side, as in cleaning tanks, so that the person that was doing that could brew more. Um, so that was very helpful for me just to understand more of what I was going to be start doing was learning those things. So I'm very grateful that I was able actually to do that. And it was quick and it was stressful, but I was I was very grateful that I got to do it and got through it. Yeah. Yeah. And use breathing techniques along the way. And breathing in your nose, out your mouth. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. Day, yeah. Day to day, hour by hour sometimes, yep. you know. Um, so, so you recently have, you have two beers mm-hmm. under your belt that are your, your recipe, your development. Absolutely. Your, so talk, talk to us about those beers. Um, I first came out with the Calypso Queen. Um, it came out in May and it's a wine ale. It's about 6.5%. I wanted something a little more higher in percentage and also something that can target an audience that maybe isn't so much for the beer taste. Um, it was something to give them a little something different. Like I said, like wine, I love wine myself. So I also wanted to put a little of myself into it where I was like, I like wine. People like wine. Females like wine. Beer is one thing I feel like not a lot of females try to go towards. It's a very big, oh, I don't mm-hmm. like beer. So I try to make something that they would maybe be more interested in or at least have a glass of compared to not having a glass of anything at all when it comes to beer. Um, So I did that one, and then I just came out with the Mango Chili Hazy, so MC Hazy. Mm. Oh, Um, clever. Yes. Hazy. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) You know, mango puree and use some habanero, like real habanero peppers. Um, I basically just boiled it in the kettle. Um, took all the seeds out self, so I didn't want it to be spicy, so I made it more of a fresh pepper. So when you drink it, you definitely mm. get the mango, but you also get like that peppery, fresh peppery flavor, and then a uh, tahini on the rim if you wanted it. Dang! Yeah, so right. just a little something different than what we've been doing at Peace Tree. I figured my first two, I wanted to explore and see what I could do, so that's what I did. <laughs> I I I'm uh I always joke around that I'm a diplomat of alcohol meaning I I'm a I love wine spirit you know mm-hmm. spirits and so um th- having that wine drinker and this is probably where taproom experience comes into where you have guests coming in and they say well I'm, I'm I typically am a wine drinker so right. I don't know what kind of beers I would like. Uh, and then you find yourself creating that experience for for yep. them because you want to welcome them into the family of of beer. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it's wonderful, particularly with a lot of these, um, great, you know, flavors, whether it be yeast or, or whatnot to create that experience. Um, also, you know, wood age sours are another and sours in general, mm-hmm. you know, there's, seems to be a little bit of a cross connect there too. Uh, in terms of the experience with the mango chili, what, um, what was the inspiration there? Do you, do you cook at home? Are you? Um, I a, try to. I yeah. do like the HelloFresh. I try to try different recipes and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but for me, honestly, it was more of I also am a seltzer drinker at times. Mm-hmm. And I, that was actually a flavor that I had experienced in a seltzer. And I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, if we can make this a beer, I feel like this could be something that somebody could be like, I don't like beer, but they would drink it and be like, oh. 
that's a flavor that's not like that super beer flavor. You have like the mango and the pepper. And so that was really what I was just trying to do was just create something that would people say they didn't really care for beers like lagers or a straight up hazy. Like I've had someone say, oh, I don't really like hazy IPAs. And I was like, yeah, but you should try this because it's more of like a juicy hazy. It's not what you would particularly think of being mm -hmm. bitter. Mm -hmm. And then they did and they were like oh okay and I've gotten a lot of good feedback on the mango um, chili hazy so far so I'm very happy about it I, yeah these, <laughs> these names are fantastic yeah thank um, you <laughs> I'll, I'm going to try them later so I'll be very happy is about that is that one on tap in Peace Tree? it is <laughs> it oh, is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go both uh, of them are <laughs> I uh, and well, and, and this is this is the what leads us into our next section, talking a little bit about the importance of diversity in in our industry. So, I think that when we invite different backgrounds to the table, we bring our different experiences and influences. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so earlier today you were on a panel and and you made a bit of a nod to to that in terms of. Hey, the, um, based upon my experiences, I wanted to bring these recipes forward to be a little bit more inclusive mm -hmm. of wine drinkers, you know, that might right. not feel comfortable and it's better, you know, or intimidated by craft beer. Uh, same, same goes um, for the mango chili, you know, and just attracting maybe a, a tequila or something, you know. Right. And so um, I think that's I think that's what it's about is continually challenging ourselves to not make the next best hazy. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. And, yeah, and outdo ourselves there and instead innovating in a totally different way. So you also uh, have the extreme distinct honor of being the first female black brewer in Iowa. Yes. Which is incredible. Yes. I made sure to do research to make sure that was true. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Uh, it's facts. It's facts. <laughs> so, um, and so I, I would, I would love to dig into that a little bit in terms of um, your, your experience. You know, um, being very much a minority in this space, mm -hmm. and I don't know. Maybe, maybe you do feel that way. Maybe you don't feel that way. I would love you to share a bit more. Um, honestly, I didn't even realize that that was the case when I did this. When I created my first beer, I didn't realize that it was going to be the first black female brewer to create her own beer and brew it and be a brewer. Like, I had no idea. I just did it because I enjoyed learning about it, and I really wanted to just see if I could make that stride mm -hmm. in the in the position that I was in. Um, but now that I do know that, I think it's amazing. Um, it's caused me to actually do more research and look out to like more breweries that are black owned in just other states even. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been interesting. Like there's actually a lot out there, um, which is really cool too. Mm -hmm. So I think people should definitely, when you go out and travel, like look for those types of things because it is important, you know, it's important to do, go to breweries that you know about and that are famous, but it's also important to check out. It's just like a s small town brewery. It's just like, you know, um, helping if you were to help out your small town owners, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like, just look out for that and check it out and spread the word if you do like it, because it's no different than anywhere else, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and we tend to go. Um, we're, we're human beings, right? So we we go. To, we we are most comfortable in mm -hmm. in places where you know people 
people look like us or they're doing shared interests there, you know. And right. so um, what what message would you share with our community in terms of um, making people feel welcome that don't necessarily look like everyone else in the room? Um, that's a good question. Um, I would definitely say just always be vigilant that everybody's different, mm -hmm. no matter if they even look like you. Everybody has their own thing. Everybody is different in their own ways. And just don't judge. Don't judge a book by its cover. It's as simple as that one. I mean, you never know what people are going through, and you never know what, what your words can do to somebody or what your actions can do to somebody. So just be nice. Kindness is cool. Kindness, yeah, <laughs> kindness is cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. uh, yeah. And and I, um, you know, being being women in brewing um, as well, it's it, it holds a certain position of power, whether you know it or not. Where you look at someone that's doing something that you never knew was possible that you could do, right? Yeah. And so. Um, with with peace tree you know megan uh being one of um a few female owned breweries in iowa in the united states for that matter yeah. um and having sort of this decorated 10 10 year you guys just celebrated your 10 years you know and and she's she's a legend to a lot of people 13 13. I'm sorry. 13. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, fact, fact check real time. So um, it, it comes with um, great responsibility, right, yeah. to to hold a position and invite it, hold a post that is not traditional. Absolutely. And that's an exciting thing in and of itself because we generally don't want to think about how we're different. We want to think about what we can what contribute. We, absolutely. That's how I try to live my everyday, honestly. <laughs> exactly, right. Yeah. She's just going to keep kicking ass yep. and, you know, making fabulous beers. And, yep. and Megan was a big part of that. I mean, she definitely helped give me that courage. Not that it wasn't already there, but knowing that she was who was behind me, pushing me to be a better person in that position, like that helped 100%. It does. Yes. It, um, and creating, opening doors. It, yes. um, if I had one thing that I could share with the, our our craft community, it would be opening doors um, for those that aren't represented at the table. Open them wide. Yes. yes. And and always be conscientious about um, someone who has the time, talent, aptitude, ability to advance your organization, your business. Um, invite them in, invite them in. Yes. You know, um, and, and it uh, will make you, well, all of us, uh, sustainable business, sustainable brewery meaning staying in business, right? And so yes. I think that there's, when you in, invite diverse thought, you open up different thinking, you open up new audiences, you open up um, new opportunities to sell beer. Absolutely. Yep, I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, so I'm going to get to some of the some um, mm. some questions that I just think are fascinating because it's um, you get to know the person a bit better. So. What, on that vein of leadership, what characteristics do you admire in other leaders? Um, I will say the able to be vulnerable. Um, vulnerability is a really hard thing, especially being in the leadership position. So in, in order to do that when it's necessary, when it's needed is amazing because it just shows like I am human. You know, like it shows your your workers like I understand where you're coming from. Like I'm not some 
extraterrestrial or some higher being. Like I'm just human like you and I get it. And that's one thing that I love in a leadership for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I completely, completely agree. Um, and appreciate that answer. What, which one of your traits are you most proud of? Um, my sociability. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love talking to people. <laughs> um, I love trying to make things lighter at work. Mm-hmm. I like trying to, if people are feeling bored, I'd like trying to be the one that's living things up and dancing or singing or playing music to try to not have it be so dull. Because mm-hmm. it can get that way when you're doing the same thing all the time. But I try to be the person that's just kind of like, good morning, sunshine. <laughs> so... I love it. And I can definitely get that radiating. (laughs) It's not always, it's not always wanted. You know, sometimes people aren't morning people, but that's okay that I realize that, that I, I take it back for them, but I'm always still like, hi, how's it going? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that I, I I think that's fantastic. I once had, and and particularly in the the space, we get to work with a lot of different personalities and served a lot of different personalities (laughs) too. And so, um, our QA guy, uh, I rolled in one day and he's like, aren't you just a fucking ray of sunshine? And he meant it in an endearing way. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, um, it's an observation on like positivity of like, good morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the ray of sunshine. <laughs> exactly. I love that though. <laughs> so uh, what does the brewing world need more of, in your opinion? Females. Yeah. <laughs> we started it. There you go. <laughs> yes. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so let me dig into that a bit. Why do you think? Why do you think there are not more females in this industry? What's What's the limitations? Um, I think a big part is, like I said, um, a lot of females don't try to necessarily go towards beer. Mm-hmm. It's not something that they necessarily, or if they do, they don't seem, seem to like it. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I didn't like beer for the longest time. I literally had to kind of learn what I was drinking in my taste buds to understand like why I did like what I was tasting. Um, so I would just say more education, honestly, on just what, and I know that seems weird with it being alcohol, but just like more education, more different types of beers like we've been doing. I think there are more females now that do like beer. Um, but then you have, you know, we're coming out with seltzers and things like that. And so they, they go towards more of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I just think education on it and just maybe innovation, just trying to make, trying to find a way to bring all the different types of people into like beer, especially females, which is like I said, what I tried to do with my beers. I tried making it so that females were more like, oh, I'll try this and drink it. Yeah. You know, so. So how, what, what advice would you have for, say, if you are male brewers and you're wanting to make sure that you are appealing to to more audiences what get female advice <laughs> yes perfect no and is honestly, that a taste like, panel is that a in all in all aspects um get surveys get surveys on how they're enjoying your beers that you already have get surveys on what they would prefer get surveys on flavors that they like type of beers ipas lagers ales like surveys mm-hmm. that's how we kind of figure out a lot of things when it comes to industries like this is just asking the people. Yeah. I, I love, I love feedback and it's amazing how we don't do it. Mm 
We, we don't ask for input. We don't ask for feedback. And I think it's a cu- human condition of whether we're afraid of the answer or we just think it won't affect our next moves. I don't, I don't entirely know. But feedback is neutral. Mm-hmm. It's just what you choose to do with it. Yeah. Right? So uh, we're afraid of that criticism, that um, productive criticism. Like right. We're, we're afraid of that. We are. Very much as yeah. humans. But it's okay because that just means it, it just helps you grow. Mm-hmm. So I always try to be vigilant of that. Like, even if I don't like what I'm being told, I try to take it in and be like, okay, maybe they have a point. Maybe I can, like, change this part a little bit. You don't have to change it completely, but even just the slightest bit, you know, mm-hmm. it can help. Yeah, right. You show I, a difference. If you get enough, <laughs> it, it, totally, if you yeah. get enough data points and, and hear things enough that it's like, okay, well, maybe I can consider mm-hmm. a shift here, you know. What does the brewing world need less of? Ooh, that's a hard one for me because I'm not 100% sure. I feel like I'm still learning mm-hmm. so much. Like, I feel like I learned so much so quickly to get to where I'm at that I kind of still need to kind of backstep and learn other things that I missed just because I kind of had to learn so quickly to be a brewer. So I don't really have an answer for that, unfortunately, because I, I don't will really follow know. up. Yeah, I'll follow up because like <laughs> there's just so many things I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, right. It well, and and you know it's been a, a pretty fast track. Yes, you know, and, and exciting, exciting track for you. What would you tell yourself five years ago that you wish you knew then? Five years ago, what were you doing? Oh my gosh, five years ago I was working for Procter and Gamble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, time I would have been what 28 um I would have told myself is this what you really want figure out what you really want Mm. Uh, that's what I would have told myself at that at that time five years ago okay and you are obviously not there anymore. No, I'm figuring out what I want (laughs) for sure (laughs) for sure I've definitely I'm Nobody believes it, but 30s, man, the 30s. That's that's when you're becoming an adult for real, is yeah. your 30s. It's yeah. a true story. <laughs> you up here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I've been through a lot of things, and I hit 30s, and it was just kind of a realization, you know. It's a wild um, time. Yeah. It is. I love it, though. It's been the best year so far, honestly. <laughs> it, you know, I, I always thought about writing a book on decades and in, in retrospect, right? So after you complete a decade in your 20s, like dear 20-year-old mm-hmm. decade, and um, because you're, your 20s, you're figuring it out, you're careening around life, you're, you know, friends are sort of getting getting married, you know, settling down-ish, but um, careers, you know, your 30s, you're getting into more of like, okay, I've got some work experience and then I'm just going to, I know what I like or I know what I don't like, right. you know. And then I just entered into my 40th decade this year. So who knows what Woo! the 40s were, will hold, you know. <laughs> but um, but the 30s were a time of, of really... Finding uh, yourself? Uh, yeah, I would say so, you know. Yeah. I, um, I totally switched industries. I got into craft mm-hmm. beer when I was 30 in the industry. And um, I made that move, which was pretty significant, yeah. and made a geography move, you know, to Colorado. And uh, so it was a lot of change, yeah. you know. And now I, now at 40, you stand there and you're, like, standing in two camps, meaning, you know, you're like your Iowa family, your Colorado family, your, 
you know, experiences that you've had prior to craft, your experience yeah. <laughs> craft. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, what, a couple of final questions and then, uh, we'll get on to more beer and, and drinking it in the Peace Tree Tap Room, uh, here in Des Moines. So I got convinced to do that, by the way. <laughs> um, and we thank you for it. We do. We do. In moments of self-doubt or adversity, how do you build yourself back up? Um, I vent to my husband, honestly. he He's that shoulder that I can cry on, that person that I can just kind of word vomit to him. And then he either tells me how it is or he comforts me. You know, sometimes I need to be told how it is. And sometimes I just need a shoulder to cry on. And he's both those things, so... That honestly, it's amazing. And it's it's it pick, picking your partner is yes. the most decision important decision you can make in your life, you Absolutely. know, um, because that that person is there for those things, mm-hmm. you know. So you wanna you wanna pick a good one. I did. Yay! <laughs> Obviously, I mean, he's got he's got you anchored in that Knoxville. Yeah. Um, Knoxville is better for it. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, you're Thank doing amazing you. things down there. <laughs> Um, my final question for you is what is your no fail go to when you need encouragement? Reality TV. Yes. <laughs> Get lost for a while. I am a sucker for reality TV. Mm-hmm. I I like to just forget what's going on with myself and you know, Love Island, Big Brother. <laughs> yes. Yes. They just started Love Island games. <laughs> Is that like Survivor but Love Island? I wouldn't say it's as big and bad as Survivor, but same concept. They just have to play games, basically. But yeah, I like to just get lost in that type of thing. Um, That's and cooking shows. Thing. I love the Food Channel, <laughs> Food Network. Yeah, so go, great. Go Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> So great. I feel so <laughs> jacked up after I watch those. And then it's like a nailed it situation where I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, I just want him to yell at me and call me a fucking donut. <laughs> that would be great. Like, that would be great. Like, sounds like a dream. <laughs> goals. Yes, Goal, life exactly. goals. Hashtag. There it is. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. Well, I um, I'm so thankful for our time together today. Same. E- uh, we are lucky to have you here in Iowa in the brewing space, and so we look forward to your amazing beers and just you know watching what comes out of Peastree. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Cheers to yes, you. Yes. Cheers. Salud. <laughs>